Hello, hello, hello. I'm Aaliyah, and this is Netflix Coffee and Questioning Humanity. So, I mean, the title shoots the idea of this episode pretty straight, right? I was so ready to be gung-ho, excited for some Halloween classics, or even new horror films to blow me away from Netflix. Hey there, it's Editing Aaliyah here. I just want to give a quick note that at the time of recording, and even while I'm editing, Netflix has released so many more Halloween titles or spoopy titles, so I'm going to dive a little deeper and get you those fire Halloween titles before Halloween actually gets here. So this is probably going to be a two-part episode, but more on that at the end of this episode. Hopefully that can be like a Netflix redeemed itself with its Halloween selection but we'll have to see. I did a poll on Instagram and the majority of people seem to be on the same page as me that Netflix is not as spoopy as we need it to be. So that being said, we're going to get back to this week's episode. Before I even give like my regular friendly reminder disclaimer, I just want to give another disclaimer. If you happen to hear any shrieking or loud bangs, I do apologize. My neighbors have about 100 puppies and they're very loud tonight and I apologize. So they're living their life. That's okay. I'm living mine. We're just making do. I do apologize if that is distracting in any way. Friendly reminder that this is an explicit podcast, which means I may discuss explicit content while most certainly using explicit language. You know about horror films, you know how they go, big bad cuss words, some boobies, we're going to be discussing all of that, so little ears, those easily offended, and my mom and dad may want to hop off. Now, on with this kinda sucky, but we're making it work Halloween show. Wait, 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 that came out kind of wrong. I don't mean that I suck. I mean some of the titles that we will be discussing suck, in my opinion. Now on with the kinda sucky Halloween show. I feel bamboozled, honestly. I don't want to say that Netflix canceled Christmas. I guess that's where my head's at, Christmas. I was saying was that I don't feel like they're doing a super fantabulous job at getting me in the spoopy mood. So if you've been feeling the same way, find comfort in the fact that you are not alone. I have gathered the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm not going to take like a super long amount of time to discuss the uh, bad and the ugly ones. I probably won't even give those audio clips. I will not put you through that torture. They will definitely be roasted, but I will be passing my judgment swiftly and harshly. And no worries, that swift, harsh judgment will not include spoilers. Full disclosure, I needed a few shots for this, so it's gonna be a boozy version of this bad Larry. I made pineapple upside down shots because one, fucking delicious, and two, I felt like a description like upside down made perfect sense for this ass backwards Halloween semi-roast fest. If you want to see pictures, I post pictures of everything I drink on the Instagram at NCQH podcast, super original, I know. The recipe is wicked easy. I do equal parts of pineapple juice, grenadine, and whipped cream vodka. 
vodka. The recipe I found calls for vanilla vodka, but I've learned in my travels through the liquor stores that finding vanilla vodka nips is an impossible task. There are two kinds of people out there listening right now. One who completely understood what I just said, and the other who had to rewind and really see if I said nips. Yes, friend, nips. I too learned the hard way that that is not what uh, everyone in the country calls the small bottles of liquor, which I learned quite quickly while entering my local liquor store and asking for whipped cream vodka nips. I don't know who was more confused, the gentleman being asked for whipped cream boob flavored vodka or myself wondering what the issue was. Needless to say, I will not be entering that liquor store again. The same situation happened like two, three years ago maybe when I ordered an Italian grinder from my local pizza shop. A teensy tiny population knows exactly what that is. However, for the rest of you, an Italian grinder is a sub. It's a hot sub. That's what a grinder is. Not to be confused with requesting a rendezvous with an Italian man on a certain dating app. Ooh, Lord, if that wasn't getting off topic, I don't know what was. Basically, it's equal parts pineapple juice, grenadine, and vanilla or whipped cream vodka, whatever you can find. Big ol' shout out to the woman that works at the Publix liquor store who put me on to whipped cream vodka. That was also a lot of stalling. So I'm going to go ahead and, and take these shots. <sighs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow, that's so good. Okay. It got me a little bit because of how warm it was, but that is so good. It is really, really sweet. What I do if you don't like sweet, I might do this next time I make this. The grenadine doesn't have a lot of that cherry oomph. So you can add cherry bitters. That would make it perfect. But wow, even the, like the whipped cream vodka, I'm not a vodka girl, but this pinnacle whipped cream vodka is really, really good. I'm, I'm really surprised. I also put them in Hocus Pocus shot glasses. So if you want to see how cute they look and like a little how-to video, be sure to check that out on the Instagram. Bringing it back to the Halloween titles on Netflix, I feel like I've been roasting before I even begin explaining. So I'm going to start with a good one. In the tall grass. This field doesn't make any sense. Name one thing in here that does. You think this is just chance? We're all here for a reason. This is grass. In the Tall Grass is based on the Stephen King and Joe Hill 2012 novella of the same name. It starts off with a brother and his pregnant sister pulled over on the side of the road in East Bumfuck, and they start hearing this kid yelling for help in, you guessed it, the tall grass. Does that count as a spoiler? I, I don't think it does. In true stupid protagonist in a horror film fashion, they obviously dive into this grass and try and pull a rescue mission for the kid that's screaming. This tall grass, you guys, like watching it, I felt this in my nervous system. When I was a kid, my dad took me to a corn maze only once, and I was absolutely not about it. I was hyperventilating. Even that episode of The Office where Dwight is trying to be Hay King and Kevin gets lost in the maze, even that gives me anxiety. So this tall grass is quite haunted, and there's also a space rock of some sort, and a variety of other things going on in this grass that just not make for a fun time. The whole film is definitely spoopy vibes. It keeps you anxious, it keeps you guessing and asking what the fuck is going on, which is true of anything Stephen King is involved with, so I wasn't surprised with that. But just when you think that the victims are out of the weeds, 
I'm hilarious. I don't need you to laugh at me. I laugh at myself. But just when you think that they are out of the weeds, that's when shit gets even crazier. It's dark. It's creepy. It's very twisty. The ending is uh, quite bizarre. And I still don't think I've figured it out entirely. I really liked this film. I really did. I felt like it was definitely a good Halloween movie. To sum it up, I would say it's A Bug's Life. But make it humans and sci-fi horror and add some religious symbolism and yeah. You know, that might be the vodka talking. As soon as I said Bug's Life but make it human, that's when that entire summarization went off the rails. Let's ease into the barbecue, into the roast. Haley, I live down the road. I'm Mila. You say you're what, like allergic to the world, right? I guess you could say that. The film Eli seemed so promising. Honestly, I think that's what made it even more upsetting. Basically, it's about a boy battling an autoimmune disorder living in a haunted house. That's a very basic description, but I felt like the storyline, as basic as it was, sounded great. And it could have been done so, so, so well, but it was just meh. Honestly, just forgettable. I will say it definitely does, though have that Halloween vibe. And if you don't need some work of art, and this isn't me trying to sound pompous either. I'll explain later, but I definitely don't need some fucking rando work of art. If you can appreciate a cool spooky movie at face values with some jump scares, it's a good one. It's just quite generic, which is going to be a key word or a key uh, pattern throughout this episode. Most of these titles have a similar vibe, a similar ending, yada, yada, yada. Like I said, how I would explain a little bit later about how I'm not trying to be pompous. I don't mind shitty horror films. In fact, if it's done correctly, I enjoy shitty horror films. Hypocritical, you bet. But if you get me, you get me. Cabin Fever is shitty horror film done well. I'm not dying like that. What are you mean dying? I don't infect everyone. No, any one of you could have it. Them kids got disease. Cattle get sick. You gotta kill it before it spreads the rest of her. So on a scale of 1 to 10, the scale of being a horrible horror film, 1 being the absolute fucking worst, unwatchable garbage to exist, and 10 being like campy, corny, enjoyable, guilty pleasure, Cabin Fever is a nine. It's a group of college kids going to a cabin in East Bumfuck. No Wi-Fi, no TV, no service. The number one thing I noticed was how well this was filmed. It's also fucking brutal pretty early on too. It's super generic. There was a point early on in the film, I was like, damn, it's not a typical, you know, horror ass and titty film. Maybe it's not that generic after all. I shit you not. <laughs> like a second later, it was it was titty city. It was all over. Anyways, the basic idea is that there is an infection running rampant through the area that these college kids are staying. It's like a flesh eating virus and no one knows where it's coming from. I don't want to give too much away obviously no spoilers but it's gory and it's corny in a good way and those two together it's just amazing to me i love that now some quick examples of the titles that cross that fine line of fantastically awful into dumpster fire territory house of the witch 
high school kids, a prank, a creepy house, a demonic witch, bad acting, even the fucking props and dumb dump scares. That's what they should be called, dump scares. Jump scares were just dull. They were just dull. I, I, I wasn't entertained. I was not entertained. I am on a fucking roll. Not only is she coming with jokes, she's coming with gladiator impressions. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Back to the shit show with Don't Knock Twice. This movie was so long. It had another demonic witch, more idiots that were trying to get the spirits to throw hands. It was just so dumb. Then there was Truth or Dare, which was also really stupid and an obnoxious group of teenagers on a haunted property. But wait add Lucy Hale, that'll get you extra cool points. The acting was just horrendous. It was so bad. But I will say one positive was the whole truth or dare aspect of the movie. I thought that was pretty cool. Would you rather was all right. Portions of it were trash. But I mean, like the bar is quite low here. The idea is original and cool and deeply psychological. A young woman and a group of others. An interesting cast, I might add. You'll see if you watch. They are trapped in a mansion, forced to play a sadistic game for a large sum of money. It's predictable, but I thought the idea was cool and original. It definitely gave me the spoopy vibes. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, it does remind me a lot of Saw. Yeah, actually, it's very Saw-esque. My it's so original point is just deteriorating. It's it's like, it's a pretty bad knockoff of Saw. I will say it was much more enjoyable to watch than a bunch of obnoxious teenagers playing pranks. So there's that. Now it's time for another actual good one, not just a roast. The Black Coat's Daughter. Where do I even begin with the Black Coat's Daughter? Rose, what about you? Would you look after a cat until her parents arrive? You do know about them, right? She walked in on them one night, worshiping the devil crazy thing is that she's the one that had to go to the mental hospital for it. Could still be there for all I know. The Black Coat's Daughter stars Kiernan Shipka, or your modern day Sabrina, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, Emma Roberts, the AHS queen, American Horror Story, and Lucy Boynton, who surprisingly I noticed on this Halloween watching kick is in a lot of horror films, as well as my favorite movie of all time, Bohemian Rhapsody. So just looking at the cast list, I was all in. I was sipping the Kool-Aid. It's very, very dark and gloomy and moody and slow, like S-L-O-W, slow. Hear me out though, it is wicked slow, but it adds to the suspense of the story. I'm just gonna read the Netflix description because I have zero idea how to explain or summarize this. When their parents fail to pick them up for winter break, two students staying at an all-girls boarding school are in the company of a terrible presence. That gives you like no idea, but I promise you it's good. It's one of those movies you do have to turn up to fucking 100 to hear the dialogue, but then it sounds like a bomb dropped when there's a more intense scene, which is super annoying. It's a slow burn, like I mentioned, but some people love that, some hate it. I will say, again, it's purposeful. Everything about this film, I just got the vibe that everything was done on purpose. The lighting, the cinematography, it's all unreal. It really makes you feel like it's isolated and dreadful, even when there's zero dialogue. (sighs) The ending. I don't, I don't even know. All I can say is the ending is worth 
the weight and the buildup, the slow burn does not disappoint. I, I was floored. It is, I don't, I can't give it away, obviously. But I'll tell you the level of jaw drop ending twistiness. It's like the level of the orphan or orphan, whatever it's called, and the sixth sense. That's the level of twist. You may want to watch it twice because it can be sort of confusing, but two thumbs up. Yes, yes, yes. The Black Coat's Daughter. And a quick little roast of uh, another film, kind of, I guess it's kind of similar to Black Coat's Daughter, but it's trash. Uh, it's called It Comes at Night. It's another slow burn, but it gives no gratification for the weight. It's nothing. It's post-apocalyptic and has quite a bit of symbolism. Two things I love in a film, but it isn't worth the long drawn out wait. And it is not worth a long drawn out roast. This is going to be like a fast food grill, quick and awful. Ooh, by far my favorite spoopy Halloween vibes title on Netflix has been Ratchet. So it's mine. The peach in your hand. I don't see your name on it. And who would do that? To what? Put their name on a peach. Somebody who really wanted it. And how would one go about such a thing? Felt tip? No one has ever put their name on a peach with a felt tip. You are not sorry. But you will be. Ratchet, Ratchet, Ratchet. It is based on the same nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. She's just a bit younger in this show. This one takes place in 1947. She begins working as a nurse at a leading psychiatric hospital, but beneath her stylish exterior lurks a growing darkness. That is Netflix's description, not mine. So if it's corny, don't blame me. Mildred Ratchet is an unapologetic woman who demands respect and is also a certified freak two out of seven days a week, or at least she tries to be. There's a lot to this show. It is quite busy. It's quite twisty. I don't want to give any of that away. Some of the twists are quite predictable. Uh, others threw me through a Game of Thrones style what the fuck. More than anything, I would say the artsy fartsy vibes are absolutely unreal, especially color wise. Ryan Murphy uses colors in the costumes and on the set to represent themes. Yellow represents deceit, blue represents neutral, red evil and badness, white represents purity, green honesty. Even the costumes change hue as one theme transitions to another and that's according to IMDb. Another bit of cool info from IMDb was that Murphy revealed to have four seasons mapped out for Nurse Ratched, where she faces off against a different male adversary each season with the fourth and final season blending into One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. When I first started watching, I definitely got you know, the American Horror Story Asylum vibes. Not as dark in any, well, maybe some ways, but it's very similar, like with the ideas, small ideas, but sort of like callbacks, which I thought was super awesome. But yes, Ratchet, 10 out of 10, loved it. Whether it's for Halloween or just regular watching, I really, really enjoyed it. Editing Aaliyah back again. So like I said at the beginning of this episode, Netflix is sneaky sneaky and they like to release things every single day. And on top of that, I dug a little bit deeper to find some classics. There are great ones, but there's just not very many. There is my favorite, House of a Thousand Corpses, which I was very happy to see. The Evil Dead, Silence of the Lambs, Adam's Family, The Witches, the original one, Poltergeist, and Anaconda. 
I'm sure there are a ton that I'm missing, so I apologize if I'm missing your favorite Halloween classic on Netflix. And there was also quite a few Netflix originals that came out that were very spoopy. And yeah, I think this is going to have to be a two-parter. So if you like the Halloween vibe, stay tuned for next Thursday's episode. Like I said, fingers crossed. I hope it's like a redemption moment because this was just, this was sad. I feel like I have now gone through every single horror film I could possibly find on Netflix and just kind of shuffled through. And I'm sure I'm still missing a ton more. Ooh, another one that I was going to just talk about in a future episode that I have planned, Creep 1 and 2. I feel like they're better suited for another theme of an episode, but those are very scary and very original horror films. Also, Devil All the Time, because I mean, it's a great film. Not very Halloween, but very dark, very moody, and it's it's just a perfect film. So you should watch that anyway. There's also more Halloween Halloween films coming out that I saw and I was quite interested in. There's Unfriended, La Revolution, Cadaver, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods, His House. These are all spaced out through the month of October, even going as late as the 30th. So keep an eye on your coming soon tab. I do it on my phone and you can set notification bells for shows or movies that interest you. That's what I do because goddamn, it's a lot to keep up with. But anyways, that'll do it for editing Aaliyah. Back to the original episode. Thank you so much for listening to me bitch about Halloween on Netflix. I tried to balance it. There are obviously a ton of horror films out on Netflix and more coming. I'm just tired of the cliches. I know I said I can enjoy like a really shitty horror film, but like it's just the cliche after cliche. It's just this formula of horror films that I'm just so tired of. Give me like the Golden Girls or Grace and Frankie at a nice bingo game when werewolves attack or uh, a middle-aged man going to the grocery store with his dad bod and then all of a sudden fucking vegetables start attacking like a live action sausage party horror film but the twist is it's a bad acid trip like can I just have some originality please those are my ideals for the future of horror films so that gives you an idea of why my opinions hold no weight I'm just here dumping my shit thoughts on your ears speaking of ears this is editing Aaliyah I just wanted to say thank you for your patience with my developing audio situation I have upgraded my mic so future episodes should sound less hard harsh and less inconsistent. So we have that to look forward to. I also wanted to say a huge thank you for everyone that's reached out and given me so much support and feedback. I love that. Thank you so much. On a more serious note, I would like to share a website for Black Lives Matter resources. Please visit P as in Peter, B as in Bob, dash resources.com. That is PB dash resources. On that website, you will find a guide for ideas, terminology that is circulating in the conversation about Black Lives Matter, as well as beautiful tributes for those who have had their lives stolen at the hands of white supremacy, police brutality, and injustice. There is also a link that will take you to their quote, cheat sheet, unquote. There you will find podcasts, media, books, petitions to sign, numbers to call, emails to reach out to, protesting tips, bail and arrest resources, black trans lives education, actions and socials, and so much more. Please visit P is in Peter, B is in Bob, dash resources.com. That's P B 
Dashresources.com. Black Lives Matter. They have always mattered and they will always matter. Thank you again for listening to this episode. Stay caffeinated, stay streaming, stay strong. Thank you.